Welcome into episode 40 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at ByCASimmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, we reached episode 40 and I know Christian, the, uh, the big space uniform reveal came up uh, yesterday and they are paying homage with the 40th anniversary of space program. Um, well, not space program, whatever it was. Um, so we decided episode 40 just happened to line up. Oh, we decided. Yeah, no, we I think decided. UCF was paying homage to uh, episode 40 of the Pegasus podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think <laughs> right, that right. was the whole point of the uniforms. That was the big this, that now, was The, the big space thing. shuttle's cool, but it's yeah. not a podcast. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Cool stuff. Just, yeah, it just happened to line up with episode 40. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, before we talk uniforms, before we talk about UCF Cincinnati coming up this weekend, we're going to look back at last weekend, UCF ECU. Uh, UCF escapes with a narrow victory and we're joined by Rohan of sidelines, East Carolina and sidelines sports. Um, first of all, Rohan, thanks for joining us, man. Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was a very close game. I don't want to call it good because it was probably <laughs> the one of those games where like, that's not on any quarterback highlight reel. That's definitely not a tutorial on how to play quarterback in college football. It was, it, it was tough to watch. It was not my favorite close game that I have watched. Yeah, wasn't I, my favorite. It kind of it, it, to us. I mean, Christian, I feel like we talked about this a little bit. It kind of looked more like the old UCF days, where it was like, yeah, and we were wearing our old school uniforms, so yeah. it was kind of it was right on point. Those old, I mean, that was like the whole O'Leary era was these like grinded out, low scoring games, and a lot of the, you know, some of those were against East Carolina back in the day in CUSA. So I felt like it was an it was a nice tribute to Blake Bortles Hall of Fame induction for that to be a low scoring. <laughs> grinding yeah. game just yeah. just not a lot of fun what, what was it at halftime was it three three at halftime yes <laughs> three three i want to say at the end the middle of from the middle of the second to like right before halftime we had a stretch of like five straight three and outs by both teams <laughs> it was absurd it was like it was <laughs> big 10 football yeah, and except we it's in, not I cold. It was- it's one thing if it had been cold. Like, I was watching that game, and I don't know why, like, on ESPN+, Plus, it always makes it look cold. I was like, oh, it had probably, like, 46 degrees, something like that, hard <laughs> to pass. I'm like, oh, no, it's Orlando. It's probably, uh, like, 85 still at nighttime. Yeah, it not quite. As hell. Don't get, I, don't I, get I, Christian I, started on ESPN+. Plus. Not my favorite service. Um, those of you who have listened <laughs> to the podcast before know that. It's not so much that I don't like ESPN+, Plus as I hate it, and it's terrible. And you know what? Stop being on there. You know what? I honestly agree. And one thing that's crazy, we had to play a game at Marshall three weeks ago, I guess, three or four weeks ago now. And they've had that game on Facebook Live. And that was a better production than anything <laughs> I've seen on ESPN Plus. Because it was like in conjunction with CBS Sports. So yeah. they had like good CBS Sports like announcers who like actually seemed to like have an idea of like the names of the players and didn't like, it would be one thing, like a bunch of people were killing the, um, the female announcer. I didn't think she was that bad. The problem was both of them sounded like they were just reading names off a sheet. Like they had not done any prep work. They both sounded like this, like the game starting was, and I agree. Like I didn't like either. I didn't have a particular problem with the female announcer. A lot of UCF fans as well were like, some people were like, she's rooting for ECU. And I'm like, I really don't think she is. But it just kind of felt the whole time like neither of them, like it was kind of like they sat down and were like, what's this? A football game? Like, let's talk about this. And I agree. That like, was it, was, it was one of those things where I was like, did y'all just get off like a double shift at like Dairy Queen? <laughs> so you did not have time. So you're just kind of like BSing your way through this project. Like, oh. I don't understand. So I was at the game and so I can't really speak to the whole broadcast, but I went back and watched the highlights that like the, the AAC put up on YouTube afterwards. And like just in the brief, like however three or four minutes I was watching the highlights, I was like, "Ooh, I'm not enjoying, I'm not enjoying these these announcers." But yeah, yeah. it's just like that's guess guess that's what you get with ESPN Plus. But Rohan, I'm kind of curious. Just going into the game, ECU was riding um, a pretty good streak and, and was looking like honestly. I said last week on the podcast I predicted UCF to lose the game. Um, I predicted UCF to lose the game more because I didn't think their defense could stop ECU's offense. That's not the game that we kind of got. But I'm curious to, to kind of see how you guys approach that game. Like going into that game, what were the general feelings of the ECU fan base? And I guess kind of what has it been since then? Sure. Um, I feel like the feeling that most Pirate fans had going into the game was we had already had a big measuring stick win the week before. That win against Tulane, even though Tulane was kind of down and we're seeing how down they kind of are after their game against Houston, it was like, okay, well – 
generally speaking, every year where we kind of get a little hype, get a little bit of like momentum going, we'll play against one of these middle tier AAC teams and it'll be at home, it'll be away, and they'll just blow the doors off of us. And we kind of had that similar like setup for Tulane at home. You know, a team that beat us by, I want to say, 17 points the year prior at home. But honestly, that score is not indicative of how that game went. Like, at one point, it was, we were down, like, 31 to 3. Right. So, like, we ended up making a late comeback when they stopped trying. But for us to, like, win that game and win it convincingly, I think the Pirates were like, okay, well, that shows significant progress. That showed proof of concept. And I think this game was more of a, hey, we're already kind of at where we needed to be. Like, I think after five games, if we were at three and two, we felt pretty comfortable um, feeling, like, good about making it to a bowl game, which was kind of which is kind of the goal for, I feel like, most realistic Pirate fans at this point. Um, we looked – I think we kind of – after we saw y'all score against Navy, we were kind of like, ooh, this might be a shot. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, knew so – I, <laughs> I was like – I still remember when I first saw the line, I was like, plus 11. I was like, can I pull out? How much of my mortgage can I pull out? Because I knew it was not going to be y'all by 11. Right. <laughs> and I wasn't sure how we we're going to win because I think what we kind of saw in the game was two teams where one team has a bunch of players who have like the muscle memory of we win games like this, right? Versus another team is still trying to figure out how to win really, really close games. Like we've had at this point, three games that have come down to six points or less minus our FCS game. And we're one and two in those games. Two of them were kind of like last second losses. One of them was a last second win, but still like, we're still trying to figure out like, how do you win? How do you step up in the fourth in that kind of way? And that's just one of those things where it's like a young team, a team that even the older guys aren't used to winning. That's going to just come more with experience. Um, one stat, or trend that I saw in the game that I think ended up like being main reason you guys won was ECU had four red zone trips, like within the 20 yard line, we came up with three field goals and a turnover. So nine points in four red zone trips, UCF only had three red zone trips, but they came up with 17 points. Yeah. So that ends up being the whole, that's the remnants of the game, right? If we could have, made some of those short field goals, touchdowns. It could have been a totally different game. Um, you know, that fourth and eight you guys had was the pivotal moment, like towards the end. Uh, you guys pulled it off because we decided not to blitz for the first time all game. I don't know. I, I still don't understand that call, but whatever. <laughs> that and... was definitely the moment too, where for me, I'm just sitting there watching the TV because that fourth and eight, like, uh, listen, I, if you listen to podcasts, you know, I'm a huge Mikey Keene fan, big fan of him. It's all about his performance, but I was like, true freshman quarterback in a fourth and eight this this isn't gonna work out. it felt like this the end of the navy out. game to me it felt like the end of the navy game it felt like the same thing and, it, and then yeah. it, it worked out which was definitely the yeah. that key moment yeah the defense has both played well um i actually have a weird ecu theory as to why the defense played as well as they did i always feel like we play really really good when we draft navy in the sense that like a team that we get to watch the film of their offense against Navy's defense because mm -hmm. um, Navy's defensive coordinator, Brian Newberry, he coached at Kennesaw State. One of his position coaches was Blake Harrell, who's ECU's um, defensive coordinator now. So he mm -hmm. literally learned from um, Brian Newberry. They run a very similar scheme. So almost like whenever somebody has already played Navy, you know, we can just fire up that film and be like, okay, this is stuff that worked. This is stuff that didn't work. Oh, wow. That's what we're going to do. Uh, I, would it, say that's, I would say that's a solid theory. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I'm, I didn't I'm know buying, that. I'm buying into it. Yeah, yeah. like I watched uh, – We they played Marshall the first game. They crushed Mar – Marshall crushed them 49-7. You know, we play them the third game of the year, and we were able to make some really key stops. Like, you know, they still scored 38 points, but that was with like four or five field goals, especially mm -hmm. short-distance field goals, which is kind of the goal of any defense, a lot of turnovers. Um, same thing. I'm trying to think there was another example. UCF's another example. I'm kind of hoping Houston's the next example, <laughs> but it's just one of those weird things where I'm like, okay, oh, they already played Navy. Okay. So now we got, we got a little cheat sheet going on how right. to play defense. Yeah. And coming in, I mean, I, we talked about it last week, Christian and I did about how 
I just hadn't, I didn't really have any worries about the offense. And I was like, I think ECU is just going to, I think my, my score prediction was 38, 31 ECU. Mine was 42, 35 UCF. We yeah. were all out here like and offensive fireworks. Let's do it. I thought like throughout the game, part of me was like, this is miserable to watch. Part of me was also like, this is not at all what I expected. And the, the longer the game went on, like I thought in the first half, the fact that UCF just couldn't move the ball, couldn't score. I was like, eventually UCF's defense is going to give up a touchdown. Like eventually ECU is going to, they're finding on offense. And surprisingly to me, they didn't UCF's defense stepped up and that for the I feel first like time is, this year, yeah, should be for the first time all year, which is that's, that's where I kind of felt like, okay, like we have a chance to win this game in a very weird way. And right. somehow it just worked out, but yeah, it was just not the type of game I expected whatsoever. No, nah, it was a weird, it was a weird setup, right? It was one of those things where I think both teams came into it with, an idea of we're going to stop the run at all costs. We're going to sell out on that and make these quarterbacks beat us. Um, I mean, honestly, Old Naylor outplayed Mikey Keene, but it didn't really matter because I don't, I don't think that margin was by anywhere near enough to win. And like I said, that red zone issues were the biggest problem. Um, I got to look up the stats, but, you know, both quarterbacks threw one interception. I want to say both quarterbacks had one touchdown. Yeah, both quarterbacks had one touchdown pass. I think Mikey had none. Oh, Mikey had none. Yeah. Okay. Banner day yeah. for my favorite quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, that yeah. sounds like a Blake Bortles at the Jaguars type of stat line. <laughs> he was good in college, we swear. Um, yeah. That's, that's Jacksonville's fault. <laughs> but um, the other thing we the other thing I wanted to ask about too, just from our perspective as UCF fans, is we've talked a lot on this podcast about our thoughts on other AAC teams. ECU is a weird one for me because, like I said, like a, my, most of my life, that was a good matchup. And it has not been that for years now. And I guess ECU's on pretty good track here, three and three. Uh, that last bowl appearance was 2014, but they could do it this year. But I'm curious from an ECU fan, what is the perspective of UCF as a program for ECU fans? I think the most, most things I hear about like UCF from ECU fans is just like a general feeling of respect. Um, one of those things that I think – there's a level of envy about with UCF is y'all never seem to miss on coaching hires. Like, you know, maybe like their next coach won't be quite as good as the previous coach, but it's like, I looked up some of these names. I was like, Oh, Scott Frost, that ended up being an amazing hire. Hypo, maybe not as good as Frost, but a really good hire. He was able to keep the ball rolling. And now you get Gus miles on, on a situation where I don't think Auburn should have fired him, but yeah. that's not my call. <laughs> and even in basketball, like pulling off that Dawkins hire, I was like, oh, that was strong. And that's proven to be strong. I always feel like it was awesome because uh, you also ended up getting his son and his son was dirty as well. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little bonus. Cause I honestly, like when, when we, Aubrey was first coming in, I was kind of like, okay, coach's son coming to the team. We've seen this a million times. Then he right. stepped up and was probably our yeah. second best player that year. Yeah. yeah and down, honestly, that, down that stretch run of the tournament year, he was the best player, no doubt. So yeah, without a doubt, once they have the tournament. <laughs> and I feel like before that game or before that year, y'all made that tournament run. The only place or UCF, basketball player i knew about was like y'all had michael jordan's kid right yep (laughs) (laughs) other than that like i still remember in college he came and i was like oh i gotta go watch michael jordan's kid play basketball neither teams were very good but it's just kind of cool especially because you know you know michael jordan he's from north carolina too and i was like there was some buzz that he'd be at the game but there was no way he's gonna come to this game (laughs) (laughs) yeah he I would. Think, I mean, he came to games every now and then at UCF, and it was always like people show up to the game for like nine and fourteen UCF, and then just stare at the club box instead like, of, instead yeah. of the team. That's the reason he couldn't come to da- or come to Minji's. There's no club boxes. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm yeah, not mixing it. it up with the student section unless you're taping something off. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah, especially in that in that region of the country. I mean, everybody like there's no there's no sneaking around if you're Michael Jordan really yeah, anywhere, but. No, not anywhere. Like he could, he could be out here in like the middle of nowhere in Africa. I'm sure there'd be a crowd, but like, <laughs> but definitely not in Eastern North Carolina when he is the guy in North yeah. Carolina for every fan base. I don't care if you hate how much you hate UNC, you love Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine he's really sneaking around anywhere. But it's interesting because Christian and I have talked, I think, throughout the summer, and we're kind of just. I don't even remember what the topics were we were talking about, but with ECU, one thing that I've always had in mind about ECU is that the fan base is, is massive. It's like, y'all have a great fan base. And I know things haven't been going so well lately, but it seems like 
that's a that's a strong base of fans that seems to still show up. I mean, I don't know your attendance numbers or anything, but that's one thing I've always had in mind about ECU. Yeah, um, attendance numbers have like somewhat waned, um, but yeah. I still think we still ended up being like we still generally are right around third in the American in attendance behind you guys who've been kind of consistently first. Uh, at, at, right now, the numbers are a little inflated for South Florida because they had a game against UF. So, yeah. I mean, how many South Florida fans were at that game? We can tell you four. Probably like seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I know two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was one of those things. But, you know, we're right, we've been j- – we've usually been like kind of in the mid uh, mid forties is kind of where we've been, you know, the seat, the stadium holds 51,000. Um, is it, it's an on campus stadium, right? Yeah. It's an on campus stadium. Great location. Honestly, it was like within walking distance of the dorms, like my wow. dorm, I could literally go two blocks and I was at the stadium. You could see it from it. It's like a perfect setup for that, for the student section, which is why you it's all see wild. that a lot in group of five, like an on-campus stadium that big. And I, and I know they used to, I, I know it's been a hard few years, but they used to fill that thing. I mean, I remember UCF yeah. even as recently as 2014 when UCF played their way, the Hail Mary play. That was a good yeah, crowd. That was a tough I, crowd. I remember that play. I remember that game. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. I, I swear. I had to throw it in here somewhere. I mean, at some point on the pod. Yeah. I just don't understand what it like. Why was Brashad Perryman like, they told me and like, I remember watching the draft. They're like, oh, his eyes are bad. And I was like, what do you mean his eyes are bad? He called that Hail Mary amazing. <laughs> that was still, that play of all Andrew Leary's last win as UCF's head coach since they went on 12 the next year. Oh, but, uh, that's true. Uh, what a, what a, str- I'll still never understand. Like, I, I you know, I, the I'm defenders not sure were there. It. The defenders were there. That's why I've always been so good. Like, UCF should not have won that game. I'll always be confused by that. It but, was the yeah. worst possible situation because it also probably ended up leading to us losing Lincoln Riley because the fan base was so pissed about his um, his decisions when it came to time management. Because if you remember that setup was he ended up running the ball, but then, like, not because we were, like, like you guys are now where we're not, they're not generally one of those teams that runs slow pace. So you're still spite like running the ball, but then also like running the plays super fast. So everyone's like, dude, if he just kneeled it out, we would have won this game. And so he gets the call from Oklahoma. And from what I understand, he would have stayed had we just given him a slight pay raise and made him coach and waiting. And we said, no. I cannot tell you how happy I am that UCF caught that Hail Mary because I do not want to have to have dealt with an AAC with Lincoln Riley. <laughs> I, oh, that would have been – that's one of those, like, inflection point moments for probably both teams in a way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, and I, that play won UCF a conference title too. You yeah, and I had a, a podcast where we talked like, during the summer about, like, about, like the biggest what-ifs, I think, in, in UCF mm-hmm. history. I feel like that's one of the bigger what-ifs in, in ECU's history that you got to – that's you got to think about that. But honestly, before we get out of here, I'm, I was curious about your thoughts and feelings and maybe the thoughts and feelings of the fan base, considering you're speaking for the fan base, I guess, on the conference going forward with UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston going to the Big 12. How are y'all kind of just feeling about everything right now? And any, anyone you're hoping to see join the AAC or just what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so I have a – I actually wrote up, like, this is what I would – want right this is my profile of a team or a group of teams that i'd want the team to add i'd said bring some teams in with some regional ties to the current setup and they should be teams that have sustained success in multiple sports and some of the people i listed was app state liberty uab and if we wanted to do another um basketball only school the university of dayton Ooh. I think would fit, you know, it's a former Missouri, it's a Missouri Valley school. So they have some tie-ins with Wichita that would make Wichita feel good. Dayton's in Ohio. You know, you still kind of keep that market with Cincinnati leaving. Liberty and App are just nice regional drivable games for ECU fans. So I think that would be nice to have. And then UAB, I think it's just more like I keep hearing UAB's name as the next team. So I'm kind of like on board with it at this point. <laughs> I said um, that a few weeks ago. I think that I was like, I'm really on board with a UAB being one of the teams that gets there. No one hates UAB. It's a great story. They didn't exist four years ago. Like, it's a on. great yeah. story of like overcoming the fact that 
Bear Bryant's son was like one of the board of trustees members for UAB and was intentionally like sabotaging that program. <laughs> like it's the craziest thing I'd ever heard when I heard it and put it all together. Have you heard this story? I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So about, I want to say at this point, it's like 10 years ago. So UAB at this, this was when Jimbo Fisher was the defensive coordinator at Florida State or Texas, something like that. He was at a big power five school and he was the defensive coordinator. UAB wanted to hire him as their head coach. They got it approved. They got the money together. And then all of a sudden the board of trustees for UAB would not certify the contract because Bear Bryant's son and a bunch of UA and a bunch of University of Alabama like bums and things were like, dude, we can't afford to have UAB have a better football coach than us. So they scrapped it until, and they said, y'all can't hire a coach until Alabama hires a coach. Wow. But the thing is, I mean, I, I'll believe it because Alabama, I mean, it's not, it's kind of like an open secret that Alabama had a heavy hand in that program going down and did not enjoy that program being out there. And yeah, UAB uh, in the AAC, I mean, I feel like they fit right in there. I feel like, yeah, obvious I think it fits well, you know, close enough to Tulane, close enough to South Florida. Like it has some regional ties. So I like that one. This is what I'm afraid is going to happen. They're just going to go after big markets. So they're going to go after like FAU, Georgia State. UNC Charlotte, like that's what's scaring me to death because I'm like, none of those schools have had sustained success in football. They're all in big markets, but I don't know how many fans they actually have. Charlotte's only had a football team for like 10 years. Wow. So yeah. it's kind of hard to grow a fan base. Part of me, right? part of me just thinks they're gonna they're gonna want to get one of those FAU or FIU just to get another Florida school back in. And I don't know I, if it's gonna work out the way they think but like they're dreaming it's if, gonna work out, but I don't know if they will because do you think I mean I, I'm sure USF would lobby hard against that. I, I totally school. agree with that sentiment. <laughs> true, I'm like, yeah. dude, why would why would South Florida play with that that fire again? Like for they were like, <laughs> I'm sure there were a bunch of big East people who were like, Yeah, we should add UCF. It's not gonna hurt you guys. Like, oh yeah. If anything, it's great for you guys because now you have a nice little regional rival. You can make this little war on I-4 game thing. And they're like, Yeah, that's a good idea. And then it's like Phew. Never yeah, mind. You, this was awful. And then they're probably all just like, never again am I letting this happen. USF opted for that was around the time that they not only denied UCF going to the Big East, then said they were going to stop playing UCF because they see Miami as their more natural rival. So they scheduled some games with Miami. Didn't yeah. win them. Uh, now they're in the AAC. Um, congrats to them. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the AAC's got, I, I mean, I know UCF fans feel differently. While I'm obviously happy UCF is going to the Big 12, I liked the AAC a lot. I liked it a lot more than I liked USA. And I'm hoping that conference sticks together and does some good things. It still, to me, will look like – I mean, I, I can't imagine any of the other group of five conferences surpassing it. I think if they make the mm-hmm. right make the right additions and everything, I think it will still be a, a fun conference for me. Like, uh, I mean, the money is going to change, yeah. right? Yeah. We can already establish that. But what, we can, what the AAC needs to focus on more than not stopping the money from changing, because we're probably talking about a million, two million dollars a year, which in an annual athletic budget really isn't that much money. Um, what they need to be focusing on, can you bring in good enough teams to where like you force ESPN's hand to put that game on TV, right? Right. right. You know, make sure that like, okay, well, you can't not have a nine and two app state game on TV if they're playing a seven and five Liberty or a seven and five, eight and four SMU. You can't not have that game on TV. Right. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it's, it's, I mean, it's all about inventory. That's the next wave here. It's yeah. kind of what the big 12 did with the teams they grabbed, but yeah, I, it, it's, it's an exciting era for college football. I love the realignment stuff, even though this is the first time it's like directly impacted UCF, but right. it's been a fun stretch. And just the fact that it's all going down, like while a season is happening, like this isn't all just happening in, in the middle of the summer and like the middle of the spring. Yeah. Remember three months ago when there was no realignment and now like already five, six, five or six teams are going to be in different kinds. It's, it's a weird stretch. It's been a weird stretch. It's weird. And it's like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the end by any means. I'll over the next few years, it'll be interesting to see what um, some of the other power five schools do as their contracts sort of like taper out and like, will they start grabbing squads? Will they, um, hold it, hold it together. I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't even tell you what's going to happen next week with, I mean, it just, 
all the other group of fives was that CUSA was trying to send a, a thing to the AAC. So I'm like, oh, like, let's let's merge. And <laughs> let's realign like, region. We've been clear the whole time. That's not happening. So, yeah, I was yeah. Like, wow. more I was dominoes, like... more dominoes to fall for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rohan, we appreciate you so much coming on. Do you want to plug anything before before we get out of here? Um, yeah, my Twitter, Sideline Sports, um, ECU, SSN, ECU. We also have a UCF one if you want to follow him. He's great. He's um, great. Yeah, um, we also just launched a new website. It's called S, uh, Sideline Sports or Sideline Stash Sports.com. Um, it's on our, all our Twitter feeds, and um, it's going to be a place where we're going to do a little bit of writing. We're going to post a little bit. I, I signed up as a writer, so I'm going to try to write a few things about ECU football and sports. I'll write a little bit about just AA speed sports at large and things like that. So, you know, looking forward to that opportunity. Uh, there's a lot of good content, free content. So it's not like the athletic where you got to pay an arm and a leg or whatever. So um, it's just a place if you ever want to go and listen to some really good college football talk or read about it, that's a place to go. For sure. For sure. Everybody go, go give those guys a follow. Um, Rohan, thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, we'll catch up with you eventually. Yep. Thanks for having me guys. Appreciate it. All right, Christian, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, we are. Cincinnati, the best I, team in the history of the AAC. <laughs> I um, I keep telling you like this whole week. I don't know. I just don't know how I'm feeling. It's like I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm like, part of me is like, ooh, I, I could I could see this happening being a dream day for us. We pull off the upset, ruin Cincinnati's playoffs, all that. But at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> the realistic, more realistic side of me is like, this isn't gonna go well. So okay, I think that. I'm going to say flat out UCF's a 20 point underdog right now. That's, that's insane to me, but I like, I'm sorry. I just don't see how UCF loses this game by 20 points. That's a lie. I do see how I don't think it's going to happen. I think that Cincinnati, like I'm not trying to take away from their dream season boo, 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 or Cincinnati, but like, I think that they just, there's kind of, they're just have this like manifest destiny thing going on right now where it's just like, Oh, like everyone is just, assuming that Cincinnati is going to go undefeated and go to the playoff. It's just decided they're what they've done so far is not impressive enough to me to warrant that. And I like out and the Notre Dame thing, we're going to put a pin in Notre Dame for a second outside of Notre Dame. They beat Miami, Ohio. They beat Murray state. They beat an Indiana team that ended up being pretty bad and they beat temple. I just, what can you tell from they beat that Murray schedule? State. Weren't they like, wasn't it like 14, 14 and a half time. Like they, they were tied they were, with Murray state. They played a close first half of Murray state. And even Notre Dame, I understand it's a big win. I'm not trying to take away from it. Well, I guess I am because I'm about to. But, you know, this is the same Notre totally Dame team. Are. The same Notre Dame team that went down to the wire and actually almost lost to Toledo at home. That went to overtime with a bad Florida State team that struggled with Purdue, that then struggled with Virginia Tech this past weekend. I think Notre, I don't think Notre Dame is that good this year. So I'm not saying Cincinnati isn't good. Going to Notre Dame and winning is a big deal, even in a down year for Notre Dame. But I think there's a difference between where Cincinnati is perceived to be and where they are. I do not think they're a team that can just walk. Like Cincinnati fans are expecting to win this game like 55 to 10 or something like that. And I don't think they're even close. I saw to someone say that. the other day, like, oh, they want Cincinnati to put up 70. Yeah, I don't think they can. And like Luke Fickle said, because, you know, he's the coach, so he understands things a little better. And, and, I, and I know he's just bit, trying to like, I know, he's, I know he's just trying to like keep his team motivated or whatever, but UCF still has a lot of raw talent. Probably the most raw talent they want in the conference. The depth isn't there this year and the injuries freaking hurt. I'm going to flat out say if UCF is healthy, I'm, I'm straight up confident right now in yeah. this game. I still, I'm, unfortunately, I think UCF is going to lose just because of the injuries, but I do not think they're going to get killed. I really don't. It's, it's a weird feeling for me right now because coming out of the ECU game, I'm like, well, the defense looked better than it has all year. And also the offenses looked worse than it has all year. Okay, so, hear me out. UCF is 22nd in total offense right now. That surprised me when I read that earlier today. You know what the best team, the best rank is for, for a team Cincinnati's played this year in total offense right now? I would assume it would be Notre Dame. Nope. Miami, Ohio, who is 86th. Wow. So, and I understand UCF's is influenced by several of those games were played with players who are now out. Yeah. But I still think this is just a night and day better offense than Cincinnati's had to play this year. But at the same time, I think this is the best defense by far the UCF will play this year. So, because that's the thing is we've talked about it multiple times and, you know, all Desmond Ritter slander aside, just Cincinnati is what they are right now because of their defense. 
Yeah. And the I'm not, and elite. we're not even getting in this as like a Desmond Ritter thing. It's just their defense is incredibly good. That's what they've ridden to get here. The defense is elite and Desmond Ritter does what he needs to do. Like he, they play good complimentary football. And that's like, that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying like he's a bad quarterback. I and mean, that's just, he's not, I don't think like they make it out because he's a quarterback, but I don't think he is like the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's, it's more about their defense, though people don't. I don't know. It's just and that bothers me so much for where we're at with college football because Ritter is third in uh, Heisman odds right now. So uh, I'm just very gonna have to stay in a Waffle House for 24 hours. That was a great decision by my part to declare that. If you're a newer listener during the summer, I declared that Desmond Ritter finished top 10 in Heisman voting. I would spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. We went. Um, we went. I think you started as if he was a finalist, and then you were like, "No, no, if he finishes top 10. I said, "No, no, top 10. Well, I'd be screwed if even finalist. Apparently, but this is kind yeah. of what's wrong with the sport. And I'm not trying to like overly trash Desmond Ritter. He is not one of the top three quarterbacks in college football. Just isn't. But we live in this era now where that's just what the Heisman is. Is you just look at the undefeated teams and they're like, "We'll pick their quarterbacks." That's, and I that's think just the way things are. I don't even actually. So I was going to say for Desmond Ritter, but I think it's just for Cincinnati too. Is like they got a chaos here, which is what they needed to be in yep. this conversation already. Like they're number three after five games because just this college football season has been absolutely because it's insane. a drunk year yeah and so you know that's part of what ucf didn't get to benefit from back in the day and i think also cincinnati is benefiting from ucf struggle in 2017 and 2018 it's which just, i have to say i have to say something too that yeah. is also an unpopular opinion let's say that against all odds cincinnati does go undefeated which that's the other thing is we're just acting like that's a given it's not going undefeated it's hard um yeah they have seven I, like, games left they have seven games left against really good teams. Some that are even better than UCF. And um, I, uh, a lot of that are probably better than UCF. <laughs> and uh, y- you know, like everyone's like, Ooh, they're number three. Now these are not the college football playoff rankings. These, this is the eight people. I still stand by what I've said this whole time. I don't think there is a world where they make the playoff. And I don't think that's fair. If they go undefeated, they should be in the playoff, but we, we should know better than that now to think it's going to happen. You know what will happen? They'll put in 11 and one Alabama or 11 oh, and one. I, 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 you know, or even if Alabama is not, if Alabama goes to the SEC title game and loses to Georgia, do you really think they're going to leave out an Alabama team, even if Alabama has two losses? Or what if Alabama beats Georgia and then you have two SEC teams? Like, no, absolutely. So that, many that's scenarios. the formula. Like, if Alabama goes to the SEC championship game, beats Georgia, both teams are getting in. If they go to the game and lose to Georgia and they have two losses, I could see them still getting in with two losses, but I would feel a little bit like better about Cincinnati's chances or about just the chances of, of Alabama getting left out for them to go in. They need to go undefeated. They need Oregon to lose again. Uh, they, they need multiple Pac-12 teams to lose again. So they're out of there. They need the sec to have like a definitive champion with everyone else having two losses. Yeah. And even then that might still not be enough because they might still put in a two loss Alabama team. Yeah. Cause I mean, then also the big 10 right now has a bunch of teams that are, I mean, I don't know all the records or anything, but the Big Ten has a bunch of teams in the mix. I mean, they Michigan's, have five Michigan's teams still in the top undefeated. 10. What Michigan's happens when those teams... Iowa's number two? Yeah, what happens when Michigan only loses to Ohio State and they miss on the Big Ten title game, but they're eleven and one? They're going. Ohio, they're going to play. Ohio State still going to be in the mix. Like, yeah, there's a lot of teams that are still in the mix that are kind of gotten forgotten about because they had early losses. But if they run the table and they're sitting there at eleven and one at the end of the year, and Cincinnati's undefeated, I, I don't think for a second that most voters or most of the people on the committee are gonna be like mm, okay well and don't get me wrong like i'm not trying we're not rooting for cincinnati not make it we are no, I don't that's the thing it. but the, it would be wrong for this to happen yeah. like if, if they are undefeated them not going to the playoff would be ridiculous but that's, that's what'll happen that's where i think i've like had conversations with people that like have gotten misinterpreted like if they go undefeated they deserve to be in the playoff i don't want them to go undefeated i'm not rooting for them to make the playoff I'm not rooting for them to go undefeated. Obviously, I'm not rooting for them to go undefeated. I want them to lose to UCF. But even if they if they beat UCF, I want them to lose. I want them to lose somewhere else. I don't oh, yeah, want I them do. to make it. Well, it, they've made it more difficult by just frankly being asses on Twitter. Um, yeah, I, fan base. Like apparently, this is a rivalry game now. Apparently, I didn't know because you and I but, remember we talked about in, in the like in the summer. Yeah. About is that a rivalry? Um, we had whole discussion a rivalry, about it. and we're like, oh yeah, it could be. And then it's gotten to the point where like just the, I mean, yeah, on both sides, like. It's it's just annoying. Like Twitter is just an awful place. I'm not gonna like dive into it because whatever. But like Cincinnati, like because this was kind of the weekend where Cincinnati fans were like, oh, you know, uh, we're better than 2017 UCF, and it's like, you know, you've played five games, guys. Like <laughs> you got you got to actually like get. I like I said, it's just kind of this manifest destiny thing going on with them where they're just convinced that they're gonna go. It's like going undefeated is hard. You don't know if you're gonna go undefeated. 
You yeah. might lose Saturday. We I, thought, I, I really think that's in the realm of I'll possibility. You, I'll give you an example. We thought in 2017, we thought USF was going to run the table, go undefeated all the way until they played UCF, and they just lost a game to Houston that they shouldn't have lost. Going at the start of, yeah, that whole season, the whole first half, it was going to be the undefeated matchup of USF and UCF. Didn't happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's. How about 2016 Houston? They're pretty much living the same exact thing Cincinnati did. They, they won in your, well, actually, no, because they won their Peach Bowl. Um, and then they went in the next year ranked at really high. They beat Oklahoma, big win, jumped into the top 10. They were cruising, murdering everyone. Then they inexplicably lost to, I think it was Navy. And right. they ended up finishing nine and four. I mean, they were, they were, they were more, more dominant since he's been now. So you just, you don't know. So that to have that conversation now is kind of ridiculous, but whatever, yeah. more power to them. They're going to trash talk their apparent rival UCF. And then I, I just want to say it. Cause I know, like, I don't think we really want to get into it too much, but there's, there's a difference between trash talk between fan bases and just being a bad person. I and I would say the Cincinnati fan who was thought uh, because McKenzie Milton said that his team in 2017 and Memphis and USF in 2017 would beat this year Cincy because I guess that guy got so upset about that he decided that he would make fun of an injury where this kid kid almost lost his leg he tweeted who would win a helmet or McKenzie Milton's knee yeah, like that, that, and then there was Cincinnati fans. That wasn't just like I've seen people tweet awful things before, and then people in their fan base would be like, "Like, oh come on, like that's terrible." Like, and then like they'll jump on. And I saw some people like saying, "Like, all right, like that's a little too far." But I also saw a bunch of people liking it, and a bunch of people acting like it was some funny, hilarious roast. Like, oh god, I'm like cool. That was what shocked me about that is every fan base has losers like that who say stuff. UCF yeah. has that. Every fan base has that. I've never seen a fan base like embrace a horrible tweet like that. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying like it got hundreds of likes or something. I think the guy, it was up to like 10 or 15 likes by the time the guy took it down. But there, there was no condemnation just since he fans liking or commenting like, oh, damn, bro. And I'm just like, do you not understand how horrible of a comment that is? Yeah. That's so beyond the pale. Like that has nothing to do with the sport. Nothing to do with the games. I just, that was rough. And I know, like, I, I have things to say about UCF Twitter sometimes. And, I'm like, there's some people on UCF Twitter that just go too far, and I don't like it. Every fan base. Um, every fan base has yeah. UCF is but not an exception. This, is, this, was an, this was an instance where I was happy that UCF Twitter did its thing because once UCF Twitter found that tweet and started calling that guy out for it, he deleted it because, of course, deleted he deleted it. And yeah, also, of course, he was hiding behind an anonymous account. No, no name, no picture oh, of course tied not. to it. That's what that's what social media is. But I don't want to even give that any more attention because this yeah, is a podcast really where we talk about college football, and that's not college football. That's just a loser. So good for that's, good for that guy. I hope you feel good about side that. I mean, it kind of is college football. That's the awful side of college football where there yeah. people just take it way too seriously. But yeah, and it's all all of that comes back to say that like I don't I I like I don't know if UCF can win. I don't think they're going to get killed. What's I don't the think formula for them winning? Like it's I was thinking about that, and it's just. So much has to go right. That's what it is. It, it, it could happen. It's because we see that in college football all the time. Okay. Like what has to, okay. What happens has to happen for them to win. Uh, the defense has to play how it played against DCU. Yeah. And the offense has to be serviceable. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's my formula. But I'm those are serious. big. Those are big. Like you, you can say that, but then of course you have to do it. No, I'm not yeah, saying it's going to be no, easy. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But what's just so difficult is, yeah, you need the defense to play like that again. And it hasn't proven to do that very often. That was the first time all season that it's looked the way it looked. And then the offense needs to bounce back from a really bad performance and do it against an elite defense that Cincinnati has. So it's honestly, I'm not so worried because I know the offense had a really bad performance. First off, this is totally like a little bit of a tangent, but I know everyone was like, God, what a terrible game. And it, like, listen, guys, you're not wrong. But it was very refreshing to me, actually, to see that maybe UCF can win games in multiple ways, because yeah. <laughs> that's not a thing we've seen from this team in a long time. That was UCF's first win where they scored 20 points or less since 2014. I mean, it always used to be if the offense gets shut down, UCF loses. So I, I know it's not like a fun game, but it was refreshing to me to see that, hey, UCF can win by putting points up. UCF can win in a defensive battle. Haven't seen that in a long time. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. And another another thing that you and I have talked about off off air is... I think UCF might have some tricks up its sleeve this weekend. We, I have a, are we going to do predictions at some point? Cause yeah, yeah, we are. We are going to do our predictions. Did you want to do that now? Let's go ahead and do that. Let's gonna, go ahead and do that. Okay. All right. No, you know, if you I don't know what your predictions are, so I, I don't want to like step on your predictions. Well, that's thing say. is what you just said was close. Yeah. To let's it. get into predictions. And if you don't say right, what I was going to say, we'll, we'll get into that, but let's get okay. your first one. Okay. My first prediction is that UCF will score more points on Cincinnati than anyone else so far this season. I almost did that. <laughs> it's oh, 24 it's points 24 it's not a it's lot 24 i absolutely think ucf can put up 24 points i'm feeling good about that one 
Oh, should we say what our records are? We we oh. compiled our records. <laughs> I don't want to. For, uh, for our, because so, we do these we do these predictions every week, and then we just kind of go away from them. And I'm like, what is our what is our record? Yeah. So I'm go two ahead. and you thirteen. You do yours first. Two and thirteen. <laughs> um. And that's the thing is like I would like to say like oh like I make like dumb predictions I, I do make dumb predictions but like I like to say like, oh like I just do them for fun like I don't really no like there's some there's been a lot of weeks where I have tried to get them right and I just nope I try to get creative with them I think that's my problem and these this week are not very creative but they're probably not going to go any better than so I, next week I'll probably be two two and sixteen but yeah. I think it still makes this podcast valuable though because if you're like looking for what's going to happen listen to what we say and know it's the opposite right but your so record is actually good way better than mine. My record's great. Yeah. My record, depending on who you're asking, is either five and ten or six and nine. However, you want yeah. to look at that. I have one that's kind of there was it was last week, actually. So I don't know. You said you told me to do a Twitter poll and I didn't. I should have Yeah, I was looking one, for that today and you didn't do it. One of my tw- one of my predictions last week was for the ECU game. I said this game will do nothing to restore fans' confidence in the season. And I don't know if that's true or not. Like, I'm not sure if I got that right. It's fans were happy, but I don't know if they were more confident. So I don't know yeah, where I put that one. So I'm either know. five and ten or six and nine. Yeah. Maybe I'll say I'm like five, five and <laughs> I'm five and nine and one. Sure. Yeah. We call that a push or just don't All even right. say five and nine. We'll just say five and nine. All right. I'm five and nine. I'm five and nine. So really laser in on my predictions here, guys, and don't listen so much to Bailey. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think UCF will score more points on Cincinnati than anyone else so far this season. I'm feeling good about that one. Yeah. So I almost went that way, went that route. Um, and I in, ended up not doing that, but my first prediction, like I said, more basic this week, Probably still a little outlandish. Um, UCF scores the first points of the game. That's it. Just basic. I think UCF's going to score first. That doesn't mean you need a touchdown. Field could be a field goal. Could take a three nothing lead. Yeah, field goals I are think, part of our game now. I think UCF scores first. So, I think that do you think UCF will like elect to receive? <laughs> we want I, Cincy. That's the thing is if 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 they don't, I don't know if my prediction's going to stand stand uh stand up for very long, but. We'll see. I can see it. I think you're giving yourself a coin flip there. So, or it's not, uh, you know, not Cincinnati fans, but bold <laughs> prediction too coming off a game where UCF did not score a touchdown in the first half, but. Hey, they kicked a field goal. I think it was just one of those games, man. I really, I didn't come away from that with like a condemnation of the offense or anything. Yeah. I still have, did. I think, yeah, we'll get into your more predictions. I still have more to say, I think. You know, it's like we talked about all freaking the last few weeks. I think Mikey Keene is going to be, oh, there are a lot. Of, uh, we didn't even get into this because we didn't talk about ECU too much beyond our interview. Like, listen. To the fans who are like bailing on Mikey Keene, you're wrong. So stop talking. Anyway, um, my next prediction: UCF will cover. Okay. Yeah. I Twenty point did that dogs. Too. Wow, we're on the same we're on the same wavelength there. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for me. Um, no, that's true. Or maybe it bodes I, well for me. Maybe I'm coming back. But I didn't make sure. these predictions anyway, so I guess I'm not coming back. Well, I, like I just I don't see UCF. I, I'm gonna regret. I hate that this audio is gonna live forever if UCF loses. Oh by no! Like 40. I, yeah, it's. But like awful. I don't see UCF losing by twenty plus. I, like I said, I get why on paper because like oh 40. UCF's like a three and two team and they're playing the number three team in the nation. It's like you got to actually look at the teams. <laughs> like I just I don't buy that Cincinnati can beat this team by twenty plus. I don't because UCF could be totally honestly. Wrong. Of course, people are just like oh like what ifs what ifs, but like very close to being five and zero, which is great because if UCF keeps it close, like if UCF even loses this game by like ten. Then, oh, well, we were injured, and if we weren't injured, we would have won the rest of the season. Um, also, it's that. a noon game. I haven't talked about that yet. Way more confident with it being a noon game. Wait, you're really confident. big on that. I think that night game atmospheres, like road atmospheres for a night game are tough. And uh, road, no, like day games, especially noon games, just never have quite the same. They're a little more subdued. They're not, everyone's not quite as hyped up. It's not that same electricity that's been building for seven hours. It's just kind of like, all right, we rolled out of bed to the tailgate, now we're here. And I think that helps UCF a lot. Also, Cincinnati's wearing red jerseys. They are begging to lose. They're, they're not going with their signature big game blackout. So I, I think Cincinnati wants to lose this game if I'm being real. <laughs> they're going red jerseys. All right. So your second one was UCF's covering. Uh-huh. My second one uh, kind of ties a little bit into my first one. I say UCF is going to be within one possession at halftime, whether that means down by eight or less or maybe even leading or maybe tied. But they're going to be basically it's basically going to be close at halftime. But I'm going to say one possession either we, way. What world are we living in where we gave the most negative down world predictions for East Carolina? And now for Cincinnati, we're just like also I tried to say downward and I think I said down world. Down world isn't a phrase. Sorry, guys. <laughs> trying to say downward. At like it's, and now for Cincinnati. In my brain that when you said that, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I heard and, it, but I was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I said that. I'm like, I, I was trying to say downward. My brain was like the world, but I really, I, I just, 
and now suddenly for Cincinnati, we're just like so positive. You know it it is, no it's, it's because I'm stupid. You know what it is? It's, it's also because I've had a really slow week. And the more time that I have in a week, the more time I start to think about, oh, yeah, I, like, I start to talk myself into things that aren't going to happen. And so that's what it is. It's like I've talked myself into being very, very like. And not, you told me you didn't want to do that. I know. I told you. I was well aware that I was not going to do this. And I'm still not. But I kind of am. I haven't gone to the you're extreme. Doing, you're pretty, you like all week have been like, we're going to, I'm not doing it. Like we're going to get killed. No, and that's but fine. here's the thing. And now you're like, here's that's the problem is I haven't gone to like the extreme yet. Like we'll get to my, my score prediction. I still think UCF's going to lose, but I've talked myself into it being closer than I wanted to do. So let's get you your third. Texted me yesterday. This week is going to continue to move at a snail's pace. And because of that, I'm just going to have more time to talk myself into being confident. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly pretty much what's happening. That's, how, that's what happened uh, throughout today, Wednesday, as I can make these predictions. So let's get your third prediction before we My get third prediction, here. which is why I stopped you before. I believe, I don't know what it is, but I believe Malzahn is going to have, I wrote down Malzahn will have some form of BS up his sleeve that we don't <laughs> expect that is going to change the game. <laughs> I think it's very ambiguous, but I really like it. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I just, he's two seasons of a coach to not have something ready for this game. And I don't know what it is. So that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was hinting at. And then, so I, I didn't want to get too into it because I didn't know what your predictions were going to be. But I also am very, very like curious to see if UCF gets any guys back this week. That's kind of we haven't gotten, sort of what I'm hinting at a little bit. Because we haven't gotten much. We haven't gotten much in the way of like updates recently. It's just been like, oh yeah, they're week to week, they're week to week. And I'm wondering if like, they're not like super serious injuries. Like maybe Isaiah Bowser. I don't know what Jalen's injury is, honestly. I don't even know. Do we know what Jalen's injury is? Uh, like, do we even know what part of his body? I mean, we might. I just we, can't um, I, I'm sorry. I just have to say, because I have Twitter open and I, I tweeted earlier today about how horrible Cincinnati fans are. And someone actually made me laugh. They just quote tweeted me and said, Christian's delicate sensibilities were hurt today. A moment of silence. <laughs> I gave that a like. That's a good one. Um, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think Jalen or Bowser will be back. You don't I think? Okay. I don't know. I don't have like insider info. I'm right. just guessing. Um, but I just, for some reason, we we're not getting a lot of information. So I'm kind of like maybe they've been resting up the last couple of weeks. Where if they wanted to push it, they could have. Not necessarily. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I just like, and maybe Bowser could. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I feel he like said on our be... time, he was like, "Oh, it's not a season-ending injury. I'll be yeah. back out there in a couple of weeks or a few weeks or whatever." He said. So. And obviously, Kalia Davis, if we haven't said, did suffer yeah. season-ending injuries. So that sucks. But I don't know. I don't know what the BS is. Maybe Joey Gatewood starting. Who knows? <laughs> Actually, that one won't be it. But I just be a trick I, play. I, like could just be it, like, something. Like I just I think dumb. that they know that this is. It's not a make or break point at all because there is no making or breaking what's already a broken season. Yeah, but, I don't think that, you know, this is a, they know they have to bring something crazy to win this game, and I feel like they're wrong too. I don't think they have anything to lose this weekend. That's the they thing. have nothing. That's, to lose. that's where I think that kind of they're makes a them twenty dangerous. point dog. They have, kind of, has not been a twenty point underdog in like years. That kind I, mean, of I have no dangerous. idea. Yeah, it's too many points. I'm, I didn't research it, but I would love if someone could tell me the last time UCF was twenty point underdog. If I had to guess, I'd probably. No, probably like Michigan 2016. Um, that would probably be the most recent. I'll find, I will try to find that after. The we'll, look, we'll look up. But anyway, um, I, so I expect some BS to happen that will go in UCF. Fit. And this was something I mentioned to you yesterday is, do you remember? So well, 2019, when UCF went to Cincinnati and lost, they came out after this, after the game, like Cincinnati did, and was talking about how like they game planned all off season for, for UCF. Like their defense. a whole like, new defense. Marcus, yeah, Marcus, never Freeman, seen Marcus Freeman had like this, this whole thing planned out. And I'm curious to see if UCF staff has something similar where it's like they knew that going into the season, this would be a huge game, even, you know, whether injuries, whatever losses, whatever, like they knew regardless, this is going to be a big game and they could put a, put a stamp in not that like they've lost the fan base, but like really, 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 really earned some points with the fan base by winning this game or at least, you know, giving Cincinnati a scare. Um, so yeah, we'll see if they have, they have I, I want to say one more thing that I, I like all three earlier. of your predictions a lot. Thanks, man. I like them too. That's why I came up with them. But um, I, you know, like last season, because you said that, you know, the staff will, and, and immediately my brain went to like, or Heupel who just did the exact same thing every game, no matter what. But, you know, last year you see, I mean, that is Cincinnati's best season ever right now. We'll see how this year goes. And UCF had a six win team and Cincinnati won by three. So I just, even thanks with the injuries, a late interception that was deflected. They, yeah. So I just, yeah. Thanks to a deflected interception. UCF could have won that game. So I just, I don't see this big 20 point talent gap. People are, obsessed with right now but that's just me go yeah. ahead I mean, hit me that's, that's the thing too like you said like this is going to live forever so if UCF goes out and loses by 35 then it's the worst day in our history it's going to be rough to ever listen back to this but my third prediction which is another positive one which is why my score prediction is kind of funny 
but my third prediction is that Mikey Keene will have his best performance to date. I almost, that was almost my last We're one. on the like, same word for word. I just think your score prediction is going to be different than mine. But um, yeah, no, I don't. And I, that's the thing is so weird coming off of that ECU game, which again, like you said, it's just a weird game, but and going against a defense as tough as Cincinnati, like it makes no sense for me to predict this, but I kind of do feel like, again, maybe there's something with the offense where they're going to open it up a little bit more for him this week because they were easing him in and also maybe saving some stuff for Cincinnati. We don't know. Obviously. I really do wonder if they were saving stuff for Cincinnati. I don't want to like get conspiracy theory, but I think, and part of that feels dumb because when you're like losing other games to save stuff, yeah. but who knows? And to the to thing too, like that doesn't mean like he's going to go out and throw for five touchdowns because like, his, what his best performance would have been Navy and what he threw two touchdowns in that game. Did he have three? Uh, no, he had two. He had I two, I think. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good performance, but I think that he'll just look better this week. I think he'll have, maybe better stat line, which, you know, all my, all my predictions were positive, which was not where I was going to go earlier this week, but yeah, it's been weird. Now I kind of want your score prediction before I get mine. Cause I'm okay. really curious where you're at. Still think UCF's going to lose. I think UCF's yeah, going to lose too. 38 to 38 to 24. Okay. So I think mine they'll is, keep mine, it. Mine is 38 to 28. So we were again. Oh, wow. Close. We're, you know, we're feeling, I, I kind of was starting to think you were going to pick UCF to win. No, I like, but like I said, honestly, I know fans might disagree. If UCF loses by 10, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I honestly am because we can hang over since see all these injuries we had. And like, we have this banged up team that is limping through the season, went to your field and you could only put up 10 on us in your best year in history. Congrats on that. I don't know if you can tell that Selena is not cool with UCF losing by 10. When you said I know, that, she's she not happy with us popping right now. off. She's going crazy right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's the thing is like going into this whole week, I was like, UCF's getting blown out. I've accepted it already. You know, if they get make it closer, if, if they win, I just want to be surprised by that. And now I've let myself do it and I didn't want to, but I've let myself start to think they'll keep it close and I could even see them win. I could see them pulling it off. And I know that I'm, let, I'm setting myself up for a disappointment. And I said that, when did I say that? I said that a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, but you know what? I, it's just, that's my brain. I, I, oh, I wow. don't know. That was a, that was uh, a strange ending to that thought. But, no, yeah, uh, it's just I don't know what I do. Like I do this all the time. I'm well aware of the way my brain and my heart are going to go leading up to a UCF game and what happens on that day, and I still let it happen every week. And I say, oh, next week I won't let this happen, and then I let it happen anyway. See, but I think I'm fine because I've pretty much had the same take this whole time. Like I haven't really faltered in my stance here. I think it's going to be closer than people expect. I don't necessarily think UCF is going to win, but I think they can. So that's my take. Yeah, but I, I didn't even want to think they could. That's fair. Now, I've, now I've let myself think that they could. <laughs> I did. So you're go, you're picking against UCF two weeks in a row. Yep, I think wow. it's probably the first time that's happened since we've done these predictions because we didn't really do them and we didn't do them in 2016. I didn't know you in 2016 season. So um, you might have done it in 2020. We were getting pretty negative towards the end of that year. I don't year. know if I did. I'll have to go look. It wouldn't surprise me if you did. You I and can't. Zach. It's always you and Zach who turn on the team first, like without fail. Turn on them. I think it's me and Zach that are the most realistic. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see, you're realistic because UCF lost ECU, right? Well, I thought it was realistic mm. to expect them to lose. Anyway. They all, they, they, were, they were what? Why do you hate your team, Bailey? They were 56 seconds away or whatever from, from losing. I just want to know why you hate UCF. Because they just caused me like complete, like. Is it the childhood pain. USF fan in you? Absolutely. That like not. just wants UCF. That part of me is dead. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really is. It's just they've caused me too much pain to where I can't. It's know. a protection mechanism. You say I you say so. that I or defense mechanism. Why am That's I making up stupid <laughs> phrases today? Down world, down world and protection mechanism. Down world. Stop talking, Christian. Man. Jesus. So I, yeah, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back with, um, yeah, we're gonna be back with whatever <laughs> happens in this game. I don't know. I don't know what the mood. I'm of just gonna say because be. I feel like the audience might be like, "Why are these dudes like?" Uh, uh, so we had technical difficulties in the middle of this. So there's like where we've been recording for like a long time, like a lot longer than this podcast is. Yeah. So that that's played a role in why we're both kind of a little uh, out of it right now. But that's yeah, life. That's life that when is. you're recording with over the internet. Okay, Christian. Actually, before so before I get into all the football news, I need you to to start talking about UCF space uniforms because we're going to talk about that in the news anyway but I think you should just just go for it why just because I, I want you to I want to give our thoughts on it because oh, okay I was going to in my drip you section but okay, oh, okay. We well then we can uniform, wait uniform of the week not drip you drip you is the thing I write that is true. uh yeah we can wait we'll, we'll wait all right we'll wait we'll wait um you didn't Tatum, think I was just gonna not talk about the space no uniform. I knew you would I just didn't okay. think I thought we were gonna do it I was gonna like wait till like halfway through the football news section 
But then I was like, no, let's just start off the football news with it. Okay. But okay, that's fine. We'll just jump into football news and we'll get there. Um, so Tatum Bethune was named the AAC Defensive Player of the Week this week. And he had a career-high 17 tackles against ECU. Just huge to have him back. I think having him again for Cincinnati will be will be a big thing for the defense. Um, no, this is <laughs> it was the second thing on my list. UCF Space Okay, let's just talk about it now then. Because now, so yeah, the Space Uniforms were unveiled. I like them a lot and they really crept up on me. I never didn't like them. I thought they were cool from the first moment I saw them, but I like at first I was like, oh, those are really cool. And then the more I learned about the detail in them, I, I like, I, here's the thing about those uniforms that's amazing to me is that it is really difficult to have a uniform that is that clean and that streamlined and that sleek, but that also is just packed with freaking meaning. I mean, that I think they're so, they might, well, I have to see them on the field. They might end up as my favorites. Oh, they, they your really favorites. Might. Yeah. I like them a lot. I, I do too. Yeah. And that's the thing is we actually both when we first saw them, like, oh, those are kind of those are kind of plain. Like I knew I was like, yeah, it's it's the details. But once I kind of just started seeing more like f- like wide shots and more like just more pictures of them in general, I was like, okay, the look as a whole, like it's actually a really, really nice look. I it's wouldn't say so I wouldn't crisp. say it really has the potential to like be a fate my favorite, but it's and that's the thing is like when you it's ranking your favorite space uniform is minus 2017 because that wasn't really a space uniform. But ranking your face favorite space uniform is like I imagine ranking your favorite kids and you have a bunch of kids. <laughs> like that's that's what I imagine it's like, probably. Um, I don't know. I'm not a dad yet, but um that's what that's what it kind of just came to mind because there's those just they're so nice. They're just they all have their amazing redeeming qualities and like just <laughs> you said, but yeah, I love that because comment because you also said earlier, like potentially my favorite and i'm imagining like a newborn father saying that as he's like <laughs> holding his newest child like he's like i don't know if this one's gonna be my favorite but it's good <laughs> it'll just, still be good no yeah I, the, fi- the fifth quarter ucf account tweeted today like here's my space uniform ranking so naturally i had to reply with mine and my rankings are i or my rankings are all of them are tied for first except 2017 <laughs> that's, yeah. and that's basically where i'm at at this point yeah that's just that's the way it is but um yeah no, i've said uh i've said nothing about you <laughs> Uh, sorry, and then this is gonna be the longest podcast in living memory. Um, a lot of UCF fan, or not a lot, some UCF fans seem to be under the impression that Nike designs these uniforms. Nike does not design these uniforms, UCF does. UCF designed them, they're in house and they're freaking awesome. So that's where the credit goes to UCF props to them, not to Nike. Well, I mean, I'm like not taking away from Nike, I mean, Nike's great. Yeah, so I, hope stays, <laughs> I hope UCF stays in them, doesn't go to, but I saw some people like, oh, great job on these Nike. I'm like, Nike didn't. But no. all right, that's, that's yeah. my last comment. Great look. Uh, we'll see them next Friday night against Memphis. Already just yeah, can't will. wait for that. When like once, like I, we were talking about how just excited we were and like this whole week is just leading up to this big game against Cincinnati. But when like for the little while, like when those uniforms dropped, I was like, can we just like skip to the Memphis game? I was like, I'm more excited for the Memphis game now than I am Cincinnati. But I think that might have more to do than just the uniforms. With that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I will. Like yeah, thought. there's a lot of there's a lot of it that comes into that. I mean. I'll be at the game, so that'll be different too. Um, UCF wide receiver commit Quan Lee got his fourth star from 24-7, and he will be sure to tell you about that. Um, <laughs> and I just saw someone like calling him out because he decommitted from Miami and he was and they were like, Oh, stick to being a three-star. And he just replied with the screenshot. He literally like, just replied with four star. You're which, you're yeah. like an early Quan Lee fan. I don't even oh, remember how that started. I just think he's just like the quintessential like smack talking receiver, and I just think he's gonna be so much fun. I, mean, I hope he has a really good career because then it's going to like, I don't think we're going to get as much fun if he's not good and if he doesn't play a lot, but he does seem like if he lives up to the four-star hype, first off, UCF has two four-stars this class now after Hypel had zero and I don't think, years. That's crazy. I, know, I think that don't think that's going to be the last one. I don't, I don't think so either, but we'll see. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I he, he's perfect for like this type of team. <laughs> just, he's <laughs> like, just brash and just like, uh, he just, I don't know. He's, he's a fun I, you don't see guy. a lot of recruits like out here, not just like fighting with fans on Twitter, but owning them. <laughs> it's been really fun. Yeah. He's no, a great follow. So yeah, he got his, he got his fourth star. Um, on a down, on a down note, as Christian mentioned earlier, uh, UCF's lost Kalia Davis for the season. And I kind of feared that that might've been the case um, on Saturday when he went down, yeah. just it seemed like it, it didn't look good. And obviously it, it isn't good. Um, it's back on the upswing. Good news. Well, weird news, but also exciting news. So the original Nugget has retired to an equestrian facility near campus, and that has given way to the introduction of Nugget 2, who was at the March to Victory on Saturday. Um, I know for both of us, and maybe some people on Twitter too, there's some skepticism about 
the original nugget retiring to an equestrian facility near campus there's some skepticism because we've all been the little kid where it's like oh buddy's going to a great yeah. big farm in the sky yeah. and we're kind of like where's not we're like what happened to nugget one they're like oh he's uh, at, at a farm and it was so quiet and like there was no like oh like nugget one is retiring like bye farewell it was just like all of a sudden here's nugget two and i'm like all right but where's nugget one multiple like, need, people have i need like some it. retirement pictures of nugget one just like hanging out at the facility wherever he is just multiple people have she is that the Do original we... nugget is alive so did we ever get an answer on if nugget was a boy or a girl he's a boy but where's a tutu i believe is okay. the official explanation okay so. cool cool i don't um, know how i feel i about swear nugget we've been too. recording this podcast for three hours well we have almost <laughs> <laughs> or no. not three hours but yeah it's been a long time yeah the uh the whole technical thing held us up yeah um final piece of football news blake bortles is being worked out by the seahawks with their uh, injury to russell wilson bortles getting a workout i hope he gets signed i hope he plays i just want blake bortles back in the nfl um hall of famer blake bortles ucf hall of Famer. that's right that's um right. and soon to be nfl depending on how the seahawks shakes <laughs> up. the start of it well the, the rebirth of a hall of fame career um, some notable things elsewhere around UCF athletics, men's soccer, they won three, two against number six, Tulsa on Sunday. They're now six and four, four and one in the AAC Tyler Levine, Robbie Soroneas and Nick Taylor were named to the AAC weekly honor roll. And they have another top 25 matchup this Saturday at SMU women's soccer lost two to one in double overtime at South Florida on Thursday, uh, last Thursday. Then they followed up with a 3-0 win over Tulsa on Sunday. That was Coach Tiffany Roberts the Haydack's 150th career win. Um, UCS now 6-5-1 overall, 1-3-1 in the AAC. And they're off this weekend, but they're back next Thursday at ECU. Uh, volleyball, they lost their first com- conference game, their first conference loss since November of 2019, uh, last Friday, losing 3-2 to Houston at home. Uh, they bounced back on Sunday with a 3-1 win against Tulane. Uh, and they're now 12 and six overall five and one in the AAC and Marie Watson was named to the AAC weekly honor roll and they're back on uh, at the, on the court actually probably right now, as we're speaking Wednesday uh, at South Florida, and they'll be back Sunday uh, against temple as well. Um, and then some bonus news this week, because we got some preseason polls. I'm preseason. counting this. It says three notable things and there's five things. Yeah. And that's why I made a note to myself in my head that I was going to say some bonus news, which is what I just said. Um, I'm seeing three notable things and then five bullets. That's, that's yeah, but you're not in my head. So there's <laughs> actually, these aren't even bullets either. Um, men's basketball. <laughs> uh, they were picked to finish fifth in the AAC preseason poll with Brandon Mayhan named the preseason to the preseason second team, uh, all conference team. And women's basketball was fi- picked to finish second in the AAC preseason poll behind USF. Uh, Tay Sanders was a preseason first team, all conference selection. All right, there you go. Five notable things. Three notable things just sounds better, and I usually will limit it to three, but this week we got... That felt like a bait and switch. You you sold me on three, and you gave me five. I don't know about that. Well, I'm just surprised you listened. (laughs) A little flattered, honestly. Um, Let's get to our uniform of the week, and let's just get out of here. Um, Now we're coming up on hour two of the podcast. Yeah, which is really like, it's still not going to be that much longer than normal, I don't think. Just It just feels that way for us. Let's end it. Stop talking about it. Let's end it. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, you don't give you uniform of the week. Well, yeah, we'll do that first. All right. Go ahead. Do your little thing. I thought you have to say. No, I stopped listing the winners. Oh, okay. I thought because I don't listen. Um, (laughs) You just wait to to hear Christian, your uniform of the week. Pretty much how it goes. Um, Sometimes I don't even hear it. And I look up and you're not talking. I'm like, oh, uh, uniform (laughs) of the week. Uh, (laughs) Uniform of the week winner this week is men's soccer. Men's Men's soccer soccer for their blackout uniforms. That's the first time they've won with those this year. Not on the field, but in my heart. Um, And they did win on the field in them, though. I don't know why I phrased that way. I just meant like (laughs) the the first time they're winning uniform of the week in the news. Yeah. So So they're now seven-time winners. It was hard to not give it to UCF because I really want the gold pants to have one in there at some point. You did it again. (laughs) Every week. It's hard not to give it to UCF. It's because in conversation, like when we text about the teams, football is UCF, and then the others I'll text you like soccer or basketball. That's true. And I'm not saying that's fair, but that is just how I refer to the team, so I always get screwed. Yeah. I wanted to give it to football for the gold pants, but men's soccer deserve to get the win. for So football football falls another behind. Men's soccer is at seven. Football is still at four. So do you know that white, white, black, when white, white, black won, that was the second time white, white, black was a winner. I know it won for the spring game. For well. the spring but game. With different decals. So. Yeah, but I didn't remember that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It beat out white, black, black. I wonder if the space uniforms are going to win. Well, I guess it'll be the podcast after next, but wonder if those are going to win. Only time will tell, Bailey. You'll, you'll have to listen to find out. You'll have to listen to find out. <laughs> um, well, we've reached the end, Christian. We have. We're here. <laughs>
I feel like this is like the last podcast we're ever going to do. It's like we reached the end. I am so tired. This is the longest we've ever recorded. And yeah. I hate it. Um, <laughs> and if, if things it. go like really, really badly on Saturday, maybe we won't be back. Yes, we will. <laughs> maybe we it'll will. Just be, it'll just be crying noises for 30 minutes. Yeah. Be the podcast. And Christian might have to delete his Twitter if certain things happen. Yeah. So. Well, to the 12 of you that listen this far, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate the people that do stick around to the end because they do get to like, they just, they get more than just the UCF talk. They just get us just as us. And I really appreciate that. It's a great. Lot. It's yeah. always like, I, like, I don't know. I, should, I don't know how like behind the scenes I should get. A lot of you leave when Bailey starts the news. Um, I wish you'd stick around, but a lot of you leave. But to those of you who stay till the end, you always get a little nugget, like us just collapsing as humans because we've been recording for too long. <laughs> Yeah, and if you don't, well, I guess you're not hearing this if you don't stick around past the news, but if you don't, if you know people that don't, give them a hard time because I work, there I work are hard. Good, there work are a good 60% of our listeners that have no idea Uniform of the Week is a thing. Like They, they, yeah. they have no idea. Makes me feel so. great about all the hard work I put into this outline and this news section. So it's really great. Um, um, yeah, well, say we'll three be notable back. things and give us five. I mean, that's kind of, Okay, you know. all right. I'm quitting. <laughs> this is my last podcast. Um, we'll be back next week with episode 41. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, thanks again to Rohan for joining us for the ECU breakdown. Uh, until next week, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.